Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. There is no one else who deserves to be praised. No other person, no other being nothing. As we were just singing, we just are grateful for his sacrifice. Amen. And as I hope, well, I hope you've been enjoying worshiping with us this morning. I hope that you've been just enjoying the fact that we get to worship God together. Because not a lot of people get to do that. You know, there's places, there's different countries that don't allow for that. So we are so blessed and grateful that we can come together as a church to sing praises to our King. Amen. Amen. You know, at this time, I just want to thank Pastor Mikhail for the opportunity. I'm always so honored and grateful um, to be up here. I don't deserve it, but by his grace, you know, he gives us this opportunity to bring forth his word. Amen. And so as we started planning this service a few months back, um, you know, Pastor asked me and I said, last year he did it. He said, next year you're doing it. Right. And so I was excited for it. Was. And so I started praying. I said, okay, God, what word or what statement do you have for me to tell your church? And I prayed for several weeks. I prayed for several weeks. And uh, finally, he said, the Lamb of God. And, and that statement really intrigued me because there's also a song, which I will talk about at the end, um, that mentions a, a, a statement that has become something I say every morning. But I'm not, I'm not going to tell you yet so I can leave you in suspense so you guys are excited for it. And so I said, okay, the Lamb of God, what do you have for me to, say, to, to tell your church, your people, about the Lamb of God? See, Jesus is, referred, uh, Jesus is referred to by many names. We've heard he's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. He's the Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. But also... The Lamb of God is also a name given to Jesus. And that, I was, I was interested in that. I was like, okay. And in the Gospel of John, we see that John the Baptist it was the first to refer to Jesus as the Lamb of God. And first John, John 1, 29 reads, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that brings up the question, out of all the names that John could have used to refer to Jesus, to call Jesus in that moment, why did he use M, the, the Lamb of God? Because what comes to your mind when you think of a lamb? Maybe a fragile farm animal? You know, and so I started thinking about that, and I was like, okay, well, if is that really a an appropriate name for the creator of the universe, for the almighty God, for the man who took the cross, carried it, bloodied and bruised on that hill to be crucified? Is that a name worthy to describe this man? And so I started thinking about it. I was like, okay, well, in order to understand this church, and I don't know if you know, I hope you know, but I want to make sure everyone knows the significance of that title. And so in order for that, um, we have, I have to take you quickly to the Old Testament. We're going to go through Genesis, Exodus. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
See, in the Old Testament, lambs were one of the most common animals of sacrifice used by the Israelites to offer to the living God. Other animals such as goats, rams, doves, and bulls were also used in various sacrifice. However, none of them carried the significance that the lamb did. A lamb was seen as a symbol of innocence and meekness and purity. So, so then I started, okay, well, that makes more sense. Jesus humbled himself, being all-powerful, being fully God, fully human. He actually humbled and did, just chose, picked and choose when he would perform miracles. Never showcased his power just for the sake of it. And so I don't know if you guys uh, heard what I said, but it says here that they were the most common animals to be sacrificed. So you might be thinking, uh, why would they need to be sacrificed back then? Great question. The Israelites, who later became became known as Jews, were required to sacrifice male lambs to the one true God according to his law for different reasons. It wasn't just one. Um, They would offer them at the beginning of each month um, and sacrifice them for ceremonies, celebrations, and cleansing after birth. And also, when there would be a healing, when there would be a miracle, they would sacrifice a lamb and honor for God. But did you know, also know that a continual burnt offering for, from each family would go up daily, twice a day? It would go up daily before the Lord so that they could speak with him and hear his voice. Without the sacrifice, they could not communicate with God. Why? See, from the moment Adam and Eve allowed sin to come into this world in that garden, there was a separation between God and man. A broken relationship between the perfect God and the sinful creation. It was a broken relationship that could only be restored and fixed through a perfect sacrifice. And so back then, that lamb would take the place of the sins of these people or to cover the sins of these people. But if you think about it, they would do it that twice a day. That's a lot of sacrificing. Think about your, uh, day, your daily uh, lives today. Uh, imagine how much time that would be. Because it wasn't just that you kill it and that's it. No, no. In Exodus, God gave very specific instructions on how to sacrifice this animal, what to do with the meat, what to do with the blood. So it wasn't a slit his throat and that's it. Let it bleed out. No. They did it very specifically with reverence the way the Lord did, commanded them. So imagine having to do that every day. That's a lot of sacrifice, right? See, the Bible tells us that sin deserves the penalty of death. And so to appease that requirement, a sacrifice was needed. But no matter what type of sacrifice there was, because I mentioned there were several kinds of different reasons why um, they would sacrifice an animal, there was always one specific instruction for every uh, occasion. And that was that the lamb be without blemish. That the lamb be without any flaw, the, the wool white as snow. So why is Jesus called the Lamb of God? Well, first off, he was the perfect sacrifice. See, throughout the whole life of Jesus, the Bible tells us that he did not sin, not once. 
Not a single time. Not when he had just fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and was uh, drawn out to the desert and tempted by Satan himself. Not after 40 days. I, after a week, I would have been starving. Okay, that's actually very generous. After two days, I would have been starving. And I probably would have done anything for some food. But 40 days and 40 nights, imagine that. And alone, where no one's like, hey, you got this. No, 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 don't give up. Not even then. Not even when Satan tempted him with all the riches of this world, with every kingdom of this world. Not even then did Jesus sin once. He said, no, I'm here for one mission. That is to redeem creation back to God. See, not, when, not even when he experienced every single emotion that you and I have or will ever feel. Anger, hunger, frustration. Jesus is the perfect spotless lamb who was willing to be slain for us so that the full wrath of God. Because remember, sin required the punishment of death. So that God will not destroy us. He released his wrath on God, on Jesus. 1 Peter 1, 18, 19 says this. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Bible affirms and confirms that Jesus was the spotless Lamb of God without any fault, without any spot. See, Jesus redeemed you and I by becoming that sacrifice, that sacrificial Lamb of God, so that through Him, all those who believe in Him would not perish and would be saved. My friend, nothing in this world, and I mean nothing, no amount of money, no amount of good deeds, no amount of charity you do will save you. It's great to do those things, but there is only one thing that saves us, and that is the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of this world. Amen? See, Jesus lived a perfect sinless life because we couldn't. And in order to fulfill the requirements of that sacrifice. It's actually, if, if you dive deep into the Old Testament and you look, it's in Exodus, and you look at every single detail that God told the Israelites, this is how you ought to sacrifice. This is how the lamb should be when you sacrifice it. Jesus met every single one of those requirements. See, a lamb was, um, there were, this, so a lamb becomes a sheep, right? So um, lambs were considered prime, or the, the best days of their life was between birth and one year old. For humans, it's actually between 30 and 33. No, 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 this, this is serious. That's what they're, it's considered prime. So if you're past that, God will strengthen you. But Jesus was hung on that cross at 33. The sacrifice was supposed to be in the morning, and in the afternoon, Jesus was crucified in the morning, hung on that cross, and died in the afternoon. Every single, it's incredible. I started, 
I started, I'm a crybaby to begin with, so everything makes me cry. But as I was reading this and I was like, wow, God is so intentional about everything. Every detail, all those ands and buts, what, all those little details we want to just read over, oh man, they make a huge difference. And so as I was reading this, I was like, Lord, thank you for how good you are. Isaiah 53, 7 says, he was oppressed, I read it earlier, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Not once did he try to contend against his captors. Not once did he try to fight back what was to come. Jesus was a suffering lamb who was slaughtered by his own people. Same people that welcomed him on Palm Sunday that yelled out, Hosanna, were the, fir the first people that were saying, yelling, crucify him a week later. That's you and me, church. I don't mean to bring you down, but that's who we are. That is our nature to fail, to sin. But thank God for Jesus Christ. Because when God looks at us, he sees us covered in the blood of that lamb. That is Jesus Christ. Amen? See, only Jesus was worthy of this title. No one else. No one else could have came and lived on this earth for 33 years and have never sinned. This week, be intentional. See how long it takes you from the moment you get up, the moment you open your eyes, to when you have a bad thought, to when you have a, a bad reaction, 33 years without any of that. There's no one else that could do that. Only Jesus. Amen? And his sacrifice was sufficient and everlasting. What do I mean by sufficient? He means that, thank God, we do not have to sacrifice a lamb every day. Because we sin every day. When he came and died on the cross, it was once and for all. He defeated death. He defeated sin. Amen? Because here's the reality. If we still had to sacrifice lambs today, two things would happen. One, the streets would be covered in the blood of lambs, and we would run out of lambs before we run out of we stop sinning. So thank Jesus that he came and died. And that that one sacrifice was sufficient and everlasting. See, from the moment. You accept Christ to the moment you see him face to face. You are covered by the blood of that sacrifice. Never again does another animal have to be sacrificed. And thank God, because in this time, I don't think we'd be able to. Not only did we not know how, and they'd probably be protected. See, when we personally experience the love of the Lamb and truly understand what that sacrifice meant and what it means, our perspectives are forever changed. Our lives are forever changed. Because there is no way you can encounter Christ's love and not be changed. There's a, there's a story I heard uh, from a, a preacher called Paul Washer. And he gave this story, beautiful illustration. He said uh, that there was this man that was late to, to uh, a meeting, I believe. And um, when he got there, his excuse was, um, it, it was in, in the church context, and he said, I'm so sorry. I just got hit by an 18-wheeler. 
They ran me over. And they were perplexed. They were like, you look fine, dude. And he was using it as an illustration. He said, you should be in the hospital right now. Your, your insides should be out. And he told them, that's right. Just like there's no way you can encounter that type of force, that type of power, and walk away freely. There's no way you can encounter the power of God's love and your life not be changed. Amen. I'm going to invite the team to come back up. And I want to end with this. I heard this phrase from, um, from a group of people called the Moravians. It says, May the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. And so I began to look into that. I said, May the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. See, the Moravians were... Uh, a group of people in Germany in the 1700s where they actually got a word from God that they should not, that they were to pray and worship him continually, 24 hours a day. And they did so for 100 years, church. For 100 years, they would take hour shifts the whole town. They would continuously worship and pray. That sounds extreme, right? But it was true. See, they had encountered the love of the Lamb that nothing seemed too radical for them. That nothing seemed so out of the possibility of accomplishing it if God commanded them to do it. See, but this, this phrase, may the Lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering, came from two young men within that group. They had experienced the love of Christ and they wanted to devote their lives into complete surrender to him. And they heard of a group of people in the Caribbean that had never heard the gospel. And because they wanted them to know, encounter the same love that they did, they said, we need to get there. And they were told, well, only way that you can get there is if you sell yourself in the, in the, in the slave trade. One was uh, 27 years old and the other one was 32. The only way that they could get there and proclaim the gospel was if they were to sell themselves into slavery. And chances were they, wouldn't, they weren't going to come back home. Chances were because this area was known to forbid the sharing of the gospel. But they said, we're going to do it anyway. And they were like, why? And he said, because the lamb, may the lamb who was slain, Jesus Christ, receive his full reward of his suffering. And to them, part of that reward was their devoted lives. That nothing was too great. Nothing was too big. And so it is said that as they um, got on the ship, their families were standing at the shore. And these two young men raised their hand, and that was a statement. May the lamb who was slain receive the full reward of his suffering. And church, this morning, I want to invite you. My prayer to you is that when you leave this to this place, that you have a heart that says nothing is too much of God to ask me. That I will lay down my life. And some of you may be thinking, Angel, well, I'm still trying to believe. That's okay. Trust him. And, and the truth is, 
he he likely will not as something so radical of each and one of us, of, of each and every one of us as something as they did. But the point is here is you're supposed to be willing to do it if he asks you something that radical. So what do we do? We start with the small things. Faithful in our homes, in the way we raise our kids, faithful in our workplace, in the way we love, in the way we, we talk to each other, in the way we show his love. We are his hands and feet, church. And we're going to sing this next song. And as we sing this song, I, if you need prayer, if you're like, I've never received Christ, I want to experience this love, I want to invite you to come up here. And we're going to pray over you. And maybe you've never, or maybe you already received Christ and you said, I need prayer because I want that type of faith. I want to have that willing heart to do whatever the Lord asks of me. I'm going to invite you to come up and, and pray. Pastor Makai will be up here. Jane, myself, we want to pray over you. So in this moment, I'm going to invite you to stand up. And we're going to sing this song. It's called... Lamb. And I pray that your prayer becomes me the Lamb who was slain. Thank you again for spending time with us today. And a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.